0: bridge toll california customer service number
1: highway miles to the gallon ford focus thailand cave rescue operation what is schema f best wine bars in san carlos california
0: best western hotels how
1: old is Ronaldo? what
0: happened with big brother what's a good engagement how long give? before a wedding should i send out how many save the, dates? Are in the first series use imam
1: to check email on other email clients identify the fonts, fonts from where to find We were four years Brian in Habit Hi, welcome Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're discussing how conversational search works in the SEO landscape. Joining me is Brian Piper, who is the Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at the University of Rochester, which is a world leading research university. Brian has a long tradition of breaking boundaries, always pushing and questioning learning and unlearning. Yesterday, Brian and I talked about generative AI and the impact on the content landscape. And today, We're going to continue our conversation on conversational search and how it works in the SEO landscape. This podcast is also sponsored by
0: Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. com
1: Okay, here's my conversation with Brian Piper, the Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at the University of Rochester. Brian, welcome back. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, you know, yesterday we just kind of broke down for our listeners a little bit about how generative AI and where it's going. Obviously, something that's being discussed a ton right now, whether it's podcasts, videos, Maybe there's just robots randomly making content for people telling them how robots made the content. But anyway, I digress from that, since I think that we're both here in the flesh recording this today. I really want to understand what you mean by conversational search and where this is going in terms of the SEO landscape.
2: Yeah. So when, I mean, when ChatGPT first came out, people started understanding conversational AI and how that works and how you just put in a prompt and it gives you back feedback. But then when Bing integrated search AI into their actual search, and then now Google has stepped up and, and done the same thing, now people are starting to have conversations about will this replace search as we know it? Will everyone just start using this conversational AI-powered search tool instead of using the search results that we're used to and, and the search engines that we're used to? A lot of discussion in the... SEO community about how that's going to change rankings, that's going to change visibility, and it, it's going to change the entire paradigm of, of how we look for content and do research on
1: content. And I want to really highlight something here that may be confusing to some extent. right? And just three to five years ago, there was a ton of talk about voice search. And I want to distinguish what is a voice search from conversational search because they might seem to some of our listeners to be similar, but I'm certain that they're quite different in terms of what their actual output and impact is to the user. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And the conversational search is that iterative search process. So in voice search, if you ask Alexa a question, it will give you an answer for that question. And you can't build on that and narrow down your search to specific results that it gives you. Whereas with the conversational search, it's an ongoing discussion. So you can ask it for more details about your particular results, or you can ask it further questions about uh, what you were searching on initially or change the topic a little bit. So that's where the conversational aspect of it comes
1: in. No doubt. And, and this is a, a largely overlooked component of this feature of whether it's ChatGPT or Bard or or any other uh, generative AI function, which is this Prompt refinement, right? Some of my good friends, they've started a company called Hair by AI. And this Hair by AI literally will give you different hairstyles using photos of yourself. And they've worked for months defining the prompts so that you didn't get like weird hairstyles on people or a male photo didn't end up with female type hairstyles and vice versa. And like there's all these weird use cases that came out of it. But the conversational component of this AI and generative AI is the ability to refine those prompts, which I think is a a beautiful thing about the technology, largely overlooked component of what makes it successful and useful for us. Now, where is this going for the SEO landscape? What are some of the predictions that you anticipate the SEO landscape having to face because of the conversational search aspect that we now have access to?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think that your friend's AI tool is going to be very helpful for for either of us. Without... <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> we
1: are not the target market here, Brian. <laughs> no, we're not. But you know,
2: I think we've had similar conversations about things like this in the SEO community previously. I mean, zero result searches. We've got uh, featured snippets. You know, we've had these the voice search conversations before, and. I think we see a lot of places where this sort of search is very handy, very convenient, and answers are very broad questions. But I think a lot of times it doesn't answer our questions. And I think our search process, You know, I mean, we know that search is, it's not always just a single thing. A lot of times it's an iterative process where you reveal more information, you learn more information as you're searching. So I think a lot, we're still going to see, I believe, a combination of the two search types. I mean, there are already Chrome extensions that will integrate ChatGPT answers into your browser. So as you browse within Google, it will give you all your normal Google results and then it will show you what, you know, how ChatGPT would respond to that question. So that works great for things like what time is it in Paris? Or how do you convert what's 85 degrees Fahrenheit and Celsius? Those things, perfect opportunities to use this, the featured snippet results that we're used to seeing. But also, I think now you can start conversing with that and asking follow up questions. I think it's going to get integrated into voice search. But I think when you start getting into These rarely asked questions. These are questions that if you're creating content for a marketing funnel, these are the questions that the C-suite's going to ask. These are those bottom of funnel questions. I think you really still need those sorts of search results where you can see all the different options that are available to you. You can choose the source of that search so that you know it's a reliable, relatable source. And I think all the search engines are going to be trying to figure out Different ways to leverage their search AI tools to help give you the results without you having to leave their site. Because we know that you know Google wants you to stay on on Google and just get your answers from them. But so many
1: times you have to dive deeper into the content. No doubt, it's really interesting. I had a very fortunate opportunity to talk to a lot of an audience of of, of venture capital and and other investors in the technology space. And, and they were asking me a lot of questions with respect to uh, generative AI and, and where it's going and how it's going to all unfold. And what's fascinating is that generative AI in ChatGPT or, or any of these other technologies, they can only work with what they have. Their models are built off of the ability to predict what the next word is or what the next component is or the next styling is. They're they're refined all to do different things whether it's in in design and art or or it's it's content, whatever it might be, they can only predict that next element, but that next element is only as predictable as the data sets that they have. And the scary thing is, is that Google has the most data out of all these players. And the biggest question that a lot of these investors were asking me is will Bard outpace OpenAI in Microsoft and ChatGPT? And unequivocally, the answer has to be yes, because they're going to have far more data to refine the next prompt because they've crawled more of the internet, they've segmented that internet, the, the internet in a better way. I mean, Google can define content elements on a page to a single phrase and a single sentence, and they highlight that if you haven't noticed in answer boxes or other components on the SERP. So the crazy thing here is that that sophistication that Google has developed will only better inform how the conversational search outputs are more refined, more specific, more actionable to consumers.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google, That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E
1: dot i I'm curious, Brian, to get your expert view on is this going to be just something that is a utility impact? Like it's going to impact all of us, whether we're SEOs or content marketers in terms of what we do every day, like how we use Google every day as a consumer, or is the impact much greater as an operator? Operator being a content marketer, a content strategist like yourself or a SEO. Where is this going in this conversational search component? Is your thinking that it's more here in the consumption and utility or in the way we leverage this for marketing or or sales or other purposes?
2: Yeah, I think some of both. I don't think it's going to be as disruptive as a lot of people are afraid it's going to be. I think it's going to help enhance our ability to find quality information. I think all of these search engines just want you to get the information that you're asking about. They want to provide the best response. So I think whether we are getting that response by using conversational AI or we're getting it from a traditional search methodology, I don't think it's going to have that great an impact. I think the biggest disruption we're going to have in the search landscape is going to come in the next maybe five to 10 years once the technology gets to the point where we can really start integrating AR, VR, metaverse, then I think we're going to have a big paradigm shift in how people search because voice search will be, you know, uh, voice search will replace keyboard screen search when it, when you're just asking the computer for the answer, you're not going to be able to scroll through all the answers unless the screen pops up in, you know, in front of your augmented reality face. But yeah, I think that's kind of the big disruption that we're going to have in search. I don't think that conversational AI... I mean, when everyone started first talking about voice search, it was going to change everything. You've got to target that first response. You've got to go after the featured snippet. <laughs> Right. Which there's definitely something to that. There's something to being able to position yourself to have that that first, that zero position. But it hasn't been as disruptive as everyone was saying. There's like, oh, there's so many more voice devices. Everyone's using voice search, especially at Millennials and Gen Z, which is true. But they're still also using traditional search. They're still going in and looking for those lists of search results. But yeah.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, like, I think that there's been a lot of hype, a lot of news, and and unfortunately it's kind of a weird PR foot race between Microsoft and Google and a few other companies to just gain a lot of notoriety or recognition for being innovative in this space. But the disruption, in my opinion, similar to yours, is gonna be in the decentralization of search, right? And I've always thought this, where Google has had a monopoly because consumers had only one place to go and search for things, But as search becomes verticalized in things like Amazon or Expedia for travel or all these other verticalizations, that decentralizes it. As we get more IoT devices and consumers go to other physical devices to do their searches, whether it's their refrigerator for food items and recipes, again, that decentralizes search. And I think that is where some of this conversational technology if applied correctly in these verticals or devices, can really help advance their capabilities to provide consumers good experiences. And again, take market share away from the traditional keyboard text search that happens in Google. But it's it's really fascinating because I fundamentally believe that there's one caveat here that the PR and the news cycles don't spend a lot of time on, which is knowledge is still power knowledge is still power in the search game and in the content marketing game and i know with the book that you guys co-authored you know epic content marketing like i genuinely feel that like strategy direction planning execution of work is still so critical and and we sometimes kind of lose sight when these sh- shiny objects of chat gpt come running through our radar so want to get your point, your perspective on, on knowledge and utility of knowledge in conversational search and, and how we may be able to leverage it as marketers.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a great point. And you talk about sharing knowledge and the, the importance of being authentic in helping your users with their questions, solve their problems. And this is one of the things we talk about in Epic a lot. And I think, you know, you talk about this segmented search. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We have a whole chapter in the book about the importance of community and the importance of trust and building that trust. And I think people are going to start looking for sources that they know they can trust to go and get their information. And I mean, Google already knows that. Their EAT algorithm, trust is the core of all of those other elements that come together. And when people know that this search engine that they go to is generating a lot of their content or pulling a lot of their content from machine generated sources, they may decide, oh, if I want to learn about content marketing, I'm going to go into this community where I know there are people who know about content marketing and I can search in this community and find real answers from live experts who are just here to try to help me and make my business work better and make my marketing more effective. I think we're going to see a lot more of those kind of community-based search options and people probably stepping away from these big players who you don't
1: know how much you can trust them. No doubt at all. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices Search Podcast. Thanks to Brian Piper, Director of Content Strategy and Assessment at University of Rochester for joining us. This was part two interview and tomorrow we will be publishing another episode with Brian on how AI tools can help with SEO. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Brian, you can find his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Brian W. Piper, or visit the university's website, rochester.edu.